to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to a new episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast. My name is Julie Graham, and before we get into our very serious topic of the day, I have a serious question. Oh, what is that, Julie Graham? How often is too often to eat tacos? (laughs) I'm Um, asking for a friend, Abby. You know what? I think you can make them so many different ways. You can have salad-y tacos, shrimp tacos. Did you say salad-y tacos? Yeah, I did. Salad-y. Oh, okay. Salad-y tacos. Yeah. Yeah. You could do it however you want. So I don't know. I don't think I'd put a limit on it. Why? Okay. Well, I mean, today's Tuesday. So obviously we're having tacos at our house. Because it's Tuesday? Well, Taco Tuesday. This is a thing. Come on. Oh, oh, Okay. All right. I, and I realized as I was meal prepping this week that I think I only ever make tacos now. And it's maybe becoming a problem because my child actually came home with a project from school. They had compiled a classroom recipe book, which P.S. was so cute. And every child got to share with the teacher their favorite recipe. And so my child was actually Lincoln's Taco Bowl, which is what I call it of because course. I don't usually eat shells anymore because gluten problems, uh, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. So he actually shared with his class the recipe for our Taco Bowl. And my favorite parts were the prep time he listed as 52 tacos. That's how long it takes. It's 52 yes. tacos It takes long. 52 tacos. Got it. To get it ready. <laughs> that makes sense. And um, the ingredients are chips that are spicy and oranges and salad and black beans, a smoothie. I drink it sometimes when I drink water. Sometimes I drink apple juice. <laughs> the love thoughts it. of a four-year-old. I love it. So anyways, I'm Julie Graham and I eat tacos. What about you? Yeah, I'm Darlene Brock and I eat tacos too. But what's hysterical is I can't even remember the things that my... Children, when they were my daughters, when they were little, told their teachers because they were preposterous. Of course, they were preposterous. Mm-hmm. That's what kids do. But let me tell you what the kindergarten teacher of Lawrence said to the class meeting of all the parents before it started. <laughs> oh, this will be good. It was good. It was great. Actually, it was reassuring because she said, All right, parents. I am not going to believe anything that they say about you, and you don't believe anything that they say about me. Do, do we have a deal? And that I think every like parent a, went, you bet. That sounds like a great deal. Yep. Oh, that you is bet. funny. There's just something about what your kid says about you when you're not in their presence. Um, but this week on our podcast, we're going to take a few minutes to really just kind of, one, laugh at ourselves as moms, because that is one of our favorite things to do at the Grit and Grace Project. Sometimes we take ourselves way too seriously. And so one of our life goals is to just sometimes poke a little bit of fun at ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have a few things that we found online, like I do, sayings that mom said that I think we relate to, at least I do, totally. At least a little bit, yes. A little bit. How about this one? I love cleaning up messes I didn't make, so I became a mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth. (laughs) Oh, my word. This weekend, I looked around my living room, and I just was filled with guilt and shame over the condition I had found myself in. But I also just threw my hands up and said, whatever. I don't care. Whatever's the right answer. (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah. Oh, here's one for uh, a mom to say. When I raise my voice, my kids call it yelling, but I call it motivational speaking for the selective hearing. It is the truth. You are motivating the ones who do not want to listen. I agree Let's with that Let's just say one. I've become quite the motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another one. I used to have functioning brain cells, but I traded them in for children. Yep. 
So they're gone. I mean, that happens the second you get pregnant, I think. Yeah. My brain. Absolutely. Such a thing. I love this one by Phyllis Diller. Do you know who Phyllis Diller is? Of course I don't. You know, I don't know who anyone is. You don't, but you probably I mean, I almost lied, but I thought, well, that would just get awkward because then you'd ask me another question and it would become obvious. Yeah. She was a comedian, a female comedian back in the probably 60s, 70s, 50s. So I definitely don't know her, her, but she was really funny. Anyway, here's what she said. I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's love amazing. It. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Well, since we've become um, real life friends and then podcast besties, Dar and I have had multiple conversations about what we're putting this whole episode around. And it's the hilarity and, um, you know, insanity to the fact that we moms these days have put labels on every single category of motherhood or mom styles that there are. In fact, I have just in conversation mentioned, oh, this kind of parenting and that kind of parenting. And you always give me this confused look like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, I mean, a mom is a mom, but you, you know, your generation puts labels on absolutely everything. So we why not motherhood? Labels. Yeah, why not motherhood? But yeah. It's what we do. And so we figured we would unpack some of the common motherhood styles these days. And let's just go ahead and poke holes in every single one of them. <laughs> That'll be fun, right? Because be fun. as I look through the list, I realize, hmm, I think I'm going to make myself a new label. And I'll share it with you at the end of the episode of what I think I am. Okay. Um, but I see myself in all of these. And I also think they're all horrible. <laughs> well, Spoiler alert. They, all, they create, all sound horrible on paper. Yeah, they do. Well, they create their own challenges. So let's start with challenge number one, um, the label of the tiger mom. Well, that sounds ferocious. Well, it kind is of it is. Is it fierce in a good way, a tiger yeah, mom? It, it's both. It's actually both. And I think it's heavily in the Asian cultures where it started, but I think we all do it a little bit. Is that why next to it there are a few um, Asian symbols, maybe Chinese yeah. symbols? And I, mean, I love that since you literally copied it from the interwebs, that you even left the Chinese symbols there. I actually circled it like, I'm going to need to ask her what that's all about. Yeah. <laughs> it just means tiger mother. Now you just learned how to read. Um, I don't know. I must be Chinese, but it's really pretty. Um, but anyway, yes, that's what I did. Copied it. But the tiger mom is the one who pushes their child toward excellence in everything. Mm, okay? okay. And achieves it a lot of the time because you'll see these prodigal children who can play ca- classical music at the age of four. Nope. Yeah. And you, you know, you will see the ones, I mean, the ones who do the spelling bees, I mean, really seriously, they can do, they can spell and define words that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the tiger mom's goal is their child become an overachiever, not just an an achiever. See, I think I'm doing well when I have my child watch Daniel Tiger, but I think this might be (laughs) another level. It is. And again, there are good things about this. You want your child to excel in whatever they're talented in, but, you know, not to the point where it becomes overtaking their life. Yeah. So this is a a little bit pushy of a mom. Yeah. Toward achievement. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely not a tiger mom. Okay. So there's that. Check. (laughs) So the next one I think is a little more common. In fact, I feel like it gets talked about pretty frequently, and that's the helicopter mom. Uh I mean, you're you're familiar with her, right? I I am familiar with her, and I knew her when my girls were growing up. We just didn't have a name for her. (laughs) Yeah, yep. I think you could say that for all of these. Yeah, so true. the helicopter mom is the one who's paying very, very close attention to every single thing her child is doing to the point where she's right in there doing it for or at least yes. definitely with. 
and rescuing them from all of the pain or consequence of their life. Yeah, so the name comes from the fact that she's hovering over um, and is involved in every single thing that their child is doing. It's pretty common in like the school environment, so she's probably very, um, very close to the teacher, and maybe the teacher doesn't love it. <laughs> um, very involved in their child's assignments, activities, just really involved. Yeah. And again, we did have those. And I know my daughter came home from school one day and said, so-and-so's mom sent a note and said she deserved an A, not a B on this paper and lobbied the parent and all of that. And I said, well, how did you react? She said, I quoted you, mom. I Uh said, life's not fair. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't really a helicopter mom is what I'm, what I'm getting. No, I wasn't. I mean, again, all of these have good points. You need to protect your child. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to defend your child sometimes. And I did go into school one year where my daughter was having stomach problems and breaking out in hives because the pressure was so hard. And I went in. Tiger and had, teacher? Yeah, very much so, actually. <laughs> you know, good lady, German lady, but hard on her students. And, you know, I went in to lobby for my child and her well-being. So we're not saying never yeah. go defend your child. We're just saying don't always defend your child. Yeah, I mean, there's that line where it becomes obsessive excessive. Um, and that's part of the journey of motherhood is finding the line for you and for your child and finding a healthy balance, a healthy boundary. And sometimes we just jump right over that line and we just can't help ourselves. Yep. All right. Who's next? Okay. The attachment mom. Now I don't think there were as many of these when my girls were growing up as there are now, not in reality or definition, but that's the one who doesn't let go very quickly or easily. They start with co-sleeping and, you know, I get sarcastic and go, so when they're 13, are they still sleeping with you? Some of them, yes. Oh, my word. <laughs> um, you know, and breastfeeding for a very long time, I yeah, guess. Yeah, until like 12 you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're being facetious. <laughs> and again, there's some good in these things, but at the same time, you know, let your child go free a little bit. A, a little bit, yeah. So, so the idea of the attachment mom is she really wants a lot of connectedness, like physical connectedness with her child. And and it comes from a really sweet place of wanting your child to really know that they're valued and treasured and to really focus on creating a healthy bond. But I mean, I I think there sometimes can be a question of how healthy is it if your child cannot do anything without you physically right there with them? I mean, that's when you kind of got to ask. You do. You do. And also the other side again is I read an article not long ago about an orphanage where the babies no longer cried because they didn't get picked up. I mean, that makes me want to just I know. fall to I the d- floor I just in a pile of, of, t- of, of tears. I know. It's really, really sad. So we're not saying do not touch or feel or, you know, your child needs to feel your physical presence. Mm-hmm. We're just saying there's a limit. Yeah. I mean, it, and probably your husband will help you figure out where that line yeah, is. Yeah, probably will. <laughs> they're, they're usually less into the whole attachment parenting, <laughs> but usually the attachment moms have a 16 point bullet statement of why it needs to be the way that they go. Because yes. They just want what's best for their little kiddos. Yes. All right. Next is, I would say, pretty much the opposite of the attachment parent. And this is the free range mom. Is this the one who only gets the cage free eggs? Is that what's happening here? No, this has nothing to do with eggs or chickens or cages. Oh. Yeah, this is not to do with those little animals. This has to do with allowing your child free range, which, 
you know, chickens who have free range have an open field. They're not in a little cage. They're, they're in open range. Well, they're saying do the same with your child. Let your child ride their bicycle to the park or go play in the park or... Somebody will call DCF on me if I do yeah, that, Dar. But, you know... Times have changed. I know they've changed, but I, you know, I question, have they changed so much that your child feels tethered to you? You've got to teach yes. them independence. <laughs> yes. So when I see the parent standing three feet away from the monkey bars of the child who's trying to master it, you know, I... If they're two or three or four, yeah. If they're older and they're going to fall, go sit on the bench. Mm -hmm. You know, let them have some freedom to experience life. It's funny you say that because, so Lincoln is four, so I'm glad that you said two, three, or four, um, because I realize that I do this with him, um, and it's because I feel the pressure that if we are out somewhere in a publicish setting, that I have to be two or three feet away from him, or I'm being, like, um, neglectful or something, because there is this societal pressure now that your child is never safe unless you are right there next to him or her. And yeah. so we've been on the playground where I'm like, I actually think it's okay for me to be a little bit away because I know for a fact I was not monitored that closely when I was a child. And yet it feels like that is the right thing to do now. So I appreciate you actually saying, especially because I am raising this little boy by myself and I think he needs to be a boy yeah, and have a does. little bit of freedom and a little bit more free range. But then there's, again, finding that balance of giving him, you know, healthy safety boundaries, but also boundaries for him to grow and discover and be a boy. Yeah. And you need to look at their age. Be a kid, I should say. Be a kid. Because if he was a girl, I would still need to give him some healthy room. Are you kidding? I'm the one that climbed to the top of the tree when I was a little girl as high as I could possibly get. So yes, girls, girls need it too. But you know, there's a balance. It is uh, based on their age, mm -hmm. their ability, their maturity, their dexterity sometimes, um, and the circumstances, you know. But let a kid be a kid. And if they fall, they get bruised. They, that's part of life. So my kid is only four, but I've already found myself wondering, at what age is he old enough to stay home alone? Is it weird that I'm looking forward to that? No. I mean, he's it only makes, four, but yeah. I'm a recent single mom. <laughs> no, it makes life really, really easy. Lauren and I had that conversation the other day um, because you want to go to the grocery store. It's yes. two in the afternoon yes. and how old are they? And, you know, there's, there's different opinions, but honestly, not till they're 10 or 11 or, you know, they're good enough and it, and circumstances that dictate it. So you got a little, little ways oh, before you go. Okay. So it's yeah. not five. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All of you moms who are judging me, of course, I wasn't planning on leaving my child <laughs> home alone anytime soon. Stop it. All right. Who's next? The next one is the permissive mom, which we're just going to call her the friend mom, because I, I think that kind of sends the message a little bit more of what this type of mom is. And, and she's the one who she's so concerned about maintaining a friendship with her child that she doesn't really come in with a lot of discipline or structure even, but just really wanted to have a close friendship with her kid. Yeah. And it's a, you want to be friends or at least get along with your child if at all possible. But when you become their friend first, you abdicate your parental role. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're not the one that disciplines. You're not the one who makes the rules. You're not the one who is in charge. You have changed the dynamics to where the child is the one in charge. They're making the rules. Mm -hmm. So their conduct is di dictating your home life. Um, so I think you're the only one that's the mom. 
You're the only, they, they will have lots and lots of friends through life, but you're the mom. So don't abdicate that. Don't lose that amazing relationship. And this one, I think it's, it's, it's driven from a place of you want to make sure they still like you, <laughs> but don't you think this one puts you in a position where your child likely will struggle later in life with all other forms of authority? And you might end up, you, you might end up with a 35 year old still living with you because he or she has never gained the life skills necessary to actually face the real world. Yeah, for sure. And also they may like you for the moment, but they won't respect you mm. for life. Mm. And I think earning their respect gets the 35-year-old to move outside of your house, you know, because they know they're not supposed to live there anymore. They respect you and your territory and your world enough to, to get their own life. All right. Well, here's one that I, I'm friends with several of these moms, and God bless them. And you know what? There are parts of it that I'm like, I wish I was just a little more crunchy mom. Yeah, the crunchy ones. I think I'm he- the opposite of crunchy, if we're being honest. Well, you're healthy, but you don't you don't avoid the mac and cheese, and you don't avoid the hot. And I don't dogs make anything myself. You don't. No. So, crunchy mom, she's she's you know she's granola, she's organic, she's probably homeschooling, she's definitely not vaccinating, she's making all of her baby food, and you know what? Maybe even the clothing. You know yeah. why not? Just make it all. Yeah. So she is. She knits Susie. their socks. Right. She's, she's doing all of it. <laughs> God bless her. Yeah. She's crunchy. Yeah. And it's great. Again, like everything else, there are so many things in it that are great that are, you know, if you are all about that and you have the time to make the baby food Mm -hmm. and you have the resources to do it, that's great. But, you know, at the same time, don't expect every other mother to do it because they may not have the time. They may be working outside of the home full time. Mm -hmm. And when their child comes to to school with a lunch packed with a Lunchable, represent. It's okay. (laughs) Crunchy mom, it's okay. And in fact, if you were to share your crunch with the whole well, totally. When, when, Go for it. when we'll my child it. was so young, you know, that first year starting to eat food, I literally was like, who can I pay to make my kid <laughs> this organic real, you know, when Paul was still with us and we could afford for that to happen, I would have taken that all day long. You bet. Um, but even then I would have felt probably I'm going to be judged for asking a crunchy mom to, Hey, can you double that batch and hook a sister <laughs> up? Because mama's got to work. So... <laughs> Oh goodness. But yeah. that's the thing. We we all we all have our skills and we all have our things that, you know, we're more passionate about and we're maybe more naturally talented at. And I think that's where we young moms can get in trouble. We forget that the things that we're passionate about might not be the same thing that somebody else is passionate about. And all of a sudden we're judging and comparing ourselves instead of celebrating what the other moms bring to the table around us. Yeah. There's one more, Julie, that you actually introduced me to because I didn't even know it existed at all. Um, And it is very heavily in the Christian community. And that is being a grace-based mom. I know. You're even saying it like, am I saying it right? Exactly. The grace-based mom or the gospel-centered mom. And let's just real quick, two golden stars in her Bible next to her because she is nailing the Christian mom thing. But here is, here's the thing with the grace-based, gospel-based parenting thing. I just can't keep up. And and yeah. I'm a Christian and I want my kid to grow up and trust Jesus and to follow him. But there's, there's a little bit of pressure associated with this grace-based gospel parenting thing. Oh, shoot. A little bit of pressure. I mean, I... I 
because I didn't know anything about it. I <laughs> researched it and went, I would have failed this one so badly. And that's not because we don't need grace and need to offer grace and live a life of grace. We absolutely do. But if you were to tell me when my girls were growing up that I needed to introduce a Bible verse a day, that I needed to do devotionals in a timely manner, that I needed to always look at my child and say, I forgive you because God forgives me and loves me. There's just no way. I would Mm -hmm. say, I am really mad at you right now, and you better go to your room because you will die in the next minute and a half. (laughs) So real quick for those who maybe are like you and are unfamiliar with what this mom is, um, this is somebody who's made an intentional choice to incorporate the grace of God into every interaction with their child. And so that right there just makes me get like sweaty and nervous because, oh, I literally can't do that. (laughs) I'm just, I'm so far off that I cannot do it every time. But there's this idea that every interaction you have with your child is an opportunity to speak to them about God. And yes, the opportunity is always there. But the idea that you should be taking every opportunity, all that does to me is remind me of how much I actually need Jesus. Yeah, it does. And I think it's a concept that we should put in every single part of our life as women of faith. We want our life to represent God's grace. But it's like what we have done so often in our faith is say, this is the bar. This is what you're supposed to look like. And if you don't, you must be failing. You should feel guilty. You probably need to go to the corner and repent. And sometimes (laughs) we may need to go to the corner and ask to be forgiven of whatever we just said or did. Um, But it's like, yes, I want to incorporate grace into my parenting, even to my adult daughters, even to my grandchildren, even to my husband. I want to embrace grace, but I can't expect myself to do it all the time perfectly Mm -hmm. without failure. So don't hear us saying that it isn't great to be purposefully talking about your faith with your kids, because obviously that is great. And I do want to do that. It's just this idea that if you're not doing it every single time, then you're not doing it enough because I don't need any more guilt or shame or um, expectation to put on myself. The truth is, is God sees me. He knows my heart and he's taking care of how this all works out with my kid. Well, and Julie, now that my daughters are grown, we've had conversations about what impacted your life, Mm -hmm. what made you care about a relationship with God. And what they have told me is how Dan and I lived. Mm -hmm. They watched us make decisions in business because we thought God told us and directed us to do it. They watched us walk away from things that we didn't think were right because of our faith. Mm -hmm. They watched us how we treated people. Um, in our relationships, no matter where they came from, whether they were the quote-unquote important people or the quote-unquote non-important people, which we know that's a mistake. But they realized because of our faith, Mm. we set standards, and that impacted them the most. Absolutely. So just like all the other moms, there are great things about grace-based or gospel-centered parenting, but there's also where we can take things to the extreme and it just becomes another burden that we're carrying. So I just want to suggest, I, I've decided a new label I'm going to put on myself. Uh-oh, what is it, for Julie? Yeah, you started um, with that, so bring yeah. it on. What is it? I've decided that I'd like to be a potluck mom. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Why? Because and, and you like potlucks? Well, I do like potlucks. Let's okay. just say that. That is one of my favorite childhood memories. You know what? That came from church. See? Yeah, See what did. I did there? Just bring oh, it right back great. to the faith. Um, but I want to be a potluck mom who takes a little bit from each of these you know, entrees. Yeah. And I incorporate it all onto my plate. And you know what? It all touches each other. And you get a little bit of the macaroni and cheese mixed in with the baked beans. I'm taking this food analogy a little too far. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to pick and choose some of everything and incorporate it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be bold and just be me as a mom. Yeah. I I actually like that. All right. So let's just kind of recap. Tiger mom. So let's help our children be excellent at whatever they pursue, correct? But also let them be kids. Let them be kids. Yep. We're going to be involved in what they're doing and make sure they know that we love them and want to help them as needed in their school projects, but we're not going to do it for them. So we're not going to helicopter them to to rescue them at any time, but we are going to help them when they need it. Absolutely. Okay. We, of course, are going to touch and connect with our children, but we're also going to let them have their own bed. I like if you it. want. I mean, you do what you want to do, but, <laughs> but I'm not going to judge you if you let your kid go in their own bed. All right. I love my bed when my kid's not in it. Yeah. But sometimes he can snuggle with me. Yep. Moving on. We're going to give them a little bit more space as a you, free range-ish type mom. Next time you take Lincoln to the playground, oh, to so the hot. park. Back in, uh, what, in December when it gets cool again? Yeah, when it gets cool again. It is too <laughs> hot. Uh, but next time you do, Julie, you're going to sit on the bench and he's going to go play on the jungle gym. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I am going to develop my friendship with my child, but I'm going to remember that I can't be his friend first. I'm his mom first. And when he gets older, we can be friends. And you will. Trust me, moms, you will. You will be friends if you're the mom first. I'm going to find a crunchy friend to make my kids food. That's what I'm taking away from that. (laughs) Just kidding. No, I think probably incorporating some of the principles that they hold to is making sure their children eat healthy and making sure that, you know, two degrees, again, don't put pressure on yourself to be perfect in this one, but, you know, convince your child that there are some vegetables that are good and they like them. Even if you have to smother them with cheese, give them a vegetable. (laughs) Yes. And last but not least, of course, you're going to have conversations with your child about your faith. And you're going to be honest with them when you mess up or they mess up. But you're also not going to expect that every single interaction with your child is going to end with a beautiful prayer and um, a memorized, (laughs) recited Bible verse. No, because some days your prayers will be, God, please help me not be an idiot right now. Yep. (laughs) I I think I prayed that actually this morning. (laughs) Totally. Well, here's the deal, mamas. We're all doing the very best that we can. And and we know that you are. And we know that you're parenting with both grit and grace. And there are days where you're pretty sure you are nailing it. And then there are lots of days where we're pretty sure that you think you're failing it. And we don't need that. We don't need any more added pressure. So let's lose the labels and instead choose to champion one another as we continue on this road of parenting with both grit and grace. Well, I definitely wanted to direct you to a couple different articles that you're definitely going to want to check out, especially as now you're thinking a little bit more about the areas of your motherhood that you maybe want to focus in on or maybe even pull away from. So I'm just going to quote three that, of course, we're going to link right into the show notes so you can get to them easy. The first one is by our friend and frequent show guest, Dr. Zoe Shaw, and she wrote one called What Your Child Gets 
when you let them fail. Mm, so you're definitely going to want to check one, that one. Julie. Good one. Absolutely. Another more recent one that I really appreciated with, because even the, the title alone grabbed my attention. It's by ha- Rachel Hagstrom and it's called Dear Mama, You Need to Break Up with These Three Things. Oh. And let me tell you, all three of them have to go. Have to go. That's a good one. I like it. And last but not least, by our friend Megan Dawson. She wrote such a good one to you if you have a strong-willed child. Hers is five ways to make parenting your strong-willed child easier. She had us at easier. So again, I'll link to them in the show notes. Check them out. So we're going to bring this episode closed with a quote from Marnie Jackson, which I think is a wonderful one. Motherhood is like Albania. You can't trust the descriptions in the books. You have to go there. Love it. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by The Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.